Yeah, hey everyone. Welcome back to Colonize Little Series on Billboard's top tens of various years. Uh, we talked about 1980 last year, which was in many ways sort of a, a leftover bit of the 1970s. You know, the, the new wave era hadn't really kicked in, but disco was well and truly dead, so no one really knew what the vibe was exactly. And in 1981, you start to see like the first little life signs of what is to come in the 1980s. You know, you get the first little glimmers of synth pop. You hear a lot less, you know, pianos in these songs and you hear a little bit more synthesizers. Uh, it, it's starting to shape up into the big 80s, the MTV 80s, uh, but... we're st So we're still not out of the 70s, especially on the pop charts. Yes, no, it's, it's we're right at the bridge between the two decades. And like many transitions, this is a rough one because, you know, the 1980 list was kind of a 50-50 split between stone cold bangers and just kind of outdated kitchen here the uh balance wobbles a little bit i think we have like maybe two great songs on this list and the rest is ranging from fine to outright terrible it's, yeah. it's a really really rough top 10 this is this is stuff that they play at like a shitty dive bar like that's only caters towards 85 year old white republicans yeah, no, this is some sundown town music. Like, this is really just rough all around. And we're just going to kick things off by talking about the number 10 on the list. Keep on Loving You by REO Speedwagon. So here's the thing. I listened to this list. I made a little Spotify playlist for it. And I listened to this list going from 1 through 10. And the top four of this list is so fucking bad that when I got to REO Speedwagon, one of the worst bands in history, I Ass. was actually like a little nicer to this just because it's probably like the fifth best one, like the fifth worst one on the list or something. Like it's, it's, it's right an overproduced ballad like everything else on this, but uh, it does still have some of that like, uh, very 70s charm to it. It's very much, uh, uh, fuck, who's the guy who sings Night Moves? Bob Seeger. Yeah, it's got that. So if you're, if you're, if you're amenable at all to that style of like pop country, uh, that borders on rock, like you're going to find this way better than like the Kenny Rogers song on this list. Yeah, this is like the production is all right. There's some, like, nice driving rock guitars. It's, it's got that kind of 70s arena rock charm. It's no carry on my wayward son or, you know, one of those just all-time 70s arena, you know, trash classics. But it's a lot better than, say, like, Foreigner or what have you. It's, it's like, I don't know. It's a 4 out of 10 song, but given on what we have to fucking talk about this year it's like it's it came as kind of a relief when it came out yeah i this is a rough fucking year man that said even though i am saying um even though i am saying 
that this is like better than some of the shit on the list. Ario Speedwagon is still like the number one's music to play when you're having sex with 16 year olds. Like this is the <laughs> ultimate. You are trying to fuck a high schooler in the back of your shitty fucking classic car. This is music for hitting on high schoolers. And yeah, this... it is so sickening and cloying and obnoxious and overproduced. And that fucking chorus, the, I'm gonna keep on loving you. Like, goddamn, dude. They managed to have, like, this is, seven this is music. This is music for guys that call their girlfriend Foxy. Yeah, this is, like, it has both 70s corniness and 70s sleaze. Like... It's like calling a teenager your sugar darling. It's sickening. It's nauseating. Um, and yeah, I, I just don't know what to say. Ario Speedwagon is a fucking terrible band. Uh, Republican candidate for president John Huntsman was a huge fan of them. And that's the type of person they deserve. Not even like an especially interesting Republican. Just a boring one. Yeah, this is, this is like Mike Huckabee music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This this isn't even like Rick Santorum music. Yeah, this is this is this a guy is... who this is a guy who tries to do like the southern strategy and just do like that fucking faith-based like bullshit and then gets blown the fuck out by like a slightly more populist candidate. Yeah, no. This this is Doug Mastriano music. It's it's really just bland. It's oh god, man. What are the worst fucking bands in history? For sure. For sure. Okay. So now we're moving on to number nine. Number nine is, in a moment of serendipity, Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. And this is a, this is a Stone Cold banger. This is a great yeah, song. Yeah, it's I know good. I, I, I know I sound like a fucking, you know, 23-year-old white woman who started college by going to ASU and then switched to a more liberal arts school halfway through, like... This that liking nine to five by Dolly Parton is that type of person's opinion, but uh, this is a really really good song. Dolly Parton certified smoke show of the week, fucking absolute banger yeah. of a Barstool song. Barstool baddie, Barstool yeah, yeah Barstool no. smoke show. This is a really well written song. The composition's very fun and bouncy. Um, I love all the like little musical frills they throw in. The hook is an all timer, and it's got just I do the genuinely... right amount of lyrics. For like this kind of song where it just it's kind of just floating on those instrumentals and then belting I, out two I love or three the, banger lines and then letting the instrumentals Yeah, and the go. lyrics the lyrics to the song are kind of doing like the working class Heartland thing that like Spring Springsteen does or whatever, but it, it's very charming and doesn't feel condescending. Like, damn, I really am a step on the boss man's ladder. Exactly. It it fucking it hits. It really does. Yeah. It does. It's the exact no, opposite no, really... of the previous song where it doesn't feel it's like it's specific type of like like Heartland nostalgia doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel like they're trying to appeal to like dudes at the bar. It's just very honest. Uh fuck yeah, dude. I love Dolly Parton. Yeah, no, this is a really, really, really good song. Um I yeah, it's great. It's the best song on the list, probably. All right. Easily. Number, yeah, number eight is I Love a Rainy Night by Eddie Rabbit. That's a this, fucking hilarious name to have. Yeah, this is a white guy trying to be Elvis. This is like... Yeah. 
I don't I don't particularly dislike the song. It's not the worst song on the list, but Yeah, it's fine. It's got a pretty great like guitar solo in the middle of it, and it's got that kind of like seventies fake country bounce to it. Like if you're a fan of not quite country acts, like I don't know, uh Carol King, Jackson Brown, even Warren Zevon, this this is like charming. There's yeah. just fun stuff in it. He's he's doing he's he's slipping into the Elvis voice a little bit there, but yeah, this is probably yeah. one of the it, it's it's a top five on this list for sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a great song, and I think it, it's the classic thing where we were born in the late '90s, so we did not have to hear this song all the fucking time. If we were the same age, oh god, in like, yeah, dude, 1981, I would be like, this song sucks, Eddie Rabbit. Uh, it's yeah, Eddie Rabbit season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Eddie Rabbit season. Yeah, no, but you know, judging by the other shit on this list, um, it's fine. It's solid. So I, I'm going to give. Oh, we forgot to do our ratings, but I think it's pretty obvious that it's a thumbs down from both of us for "Keep on Loving You." Thumbs up for nine to five. I'm gonna I'm gonna say thumbs up for I love. Yeah, you yeah. I'm thumbs gonna, up. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. It's 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 slightly tilted, you know. It's not an enthusiastic thumbs up, but you are, right, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I wouldn't turn this off if I heard it on a really shitty FM radio station. Uh, okay. Next up, we have the the song that like made Spencer make a bunch of tweets about the artist. There's always one song on the list that really grabs spencer's brain and yeah. he just he just gets captivated and sort of starts artistically obsessing over them as a person uh, yes and it is daryl hall and john oates kiss on my list okay john oates being white what was yakub doing yeah like he was on some next level shit and not in even the 1970s. not even like italian he's like no he is, Italian. Like, he is italian oh he is italian i was gonna say because he looks yeah, italian, italian as shit on this cover uh, yeah, he he looks Italian and some things, but if you see the some of the videos for like Private Eyes or whatever, mm-hmm. he just looks black. Like he just looks black, and I I, it's not quite as insane as like Keith Jarrett, but yeah, Coop was I, making some crazy ass white guys in the yeah. Summer. What the fuck kind of Italian name is Daryl Hall? Like yeah, that is that is a, John Oates. That is a black John guy Oates. from Alabama ass name. Like that is the minister's <laughs> son. John Oates is like a Quaker name, like that. That is the most yeah. white bread name I've ever heard. These are How both. Are you going these to are both a- guys that that like you hear about a lot of like because they're good at college football. These are both yeah. names Why that you- are like college football stars. <laughs> yeah, John Oates is like probably the single whitest name I think you could possibly come up with. There is no reason this man should be having a Jerry curl. Like it's beyond fucked. This but- is. This was a Stone Cold crooner banger, dude. I loved this. Yeah, Hall & Oates, great band. Every single song by theirs is kind of the same song, but yeah. it's a really good song. It's, so you it's don't the kind mind. of song where if you hear it like multiple times in the same day, it starts to get annoying because you're like, how the fuck are you this optimistic? Shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. But, but ooh. Those that first, that first dude. listen, dude. Yeah, no. It's those vocal harmonies, those little modulations in the chorus. Mm. Daryl Hall and John Oates. Yeah. Daryl Hall, uh, he's kind of like, people forget, he's like a prog rock guy, basically. Like, Is he, he really? 
Yeah, um, in his solo work, like, his closest collaborator was, like, Robert Fripp. And uh, he was supposed to be the lead singer for the newest lineup of King Crimson until, like, label issues got in the way. So, Damn, fuck. I would have loved to hear some King Crimson through that boy's fucking svelte-ass tones. Yes. No. It, it, it really... It would have been fantastic. But... I want power you know, pop as King a, Crimson. As a pop rock outfit, Hollow Notes, they don't actually like to be called Hollow Notes is the funniest thing. They insist it's Daryl Hall and John Oates. Um, they, I don't know, they get the job done. They're really smart. They have like a level of craftsmanship about them that is really respectable. They, they are like a 70s band that could be transported into the 80s. Like they have oh, 80s yeah. production gloss, but that 70s level of sophistication. So and just the right amount of saccharin cheese, you know, it's like yeah. all, all their songs about like, ooh, I love my girl, you know, fucking shit like that. And except for Maneater, which is about, ooh, I hate my girl, but that yeah. was also a, a stone cold banger. Yeah, no, lots of great singles from Hollow Notes. I'm giving this an emphatic thumbs up. I really love the song. I am also giving this just fucking cocaine hands, shaking the thumbs up. Yeah, no, a racially ambiguous thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> a swarthy thumbs up. Yeah. Um, number six, Celebration by Cool in the Gang. Um, <laughs> uh, Brothers, how do what I... happened this year? <laughs> yeah, how do I approach this topic? Um, there was a moment... Between, I would say, just in the years of 1980 and 1981, after disco, but before Prince really took off, where, uh, do you mind filling in for me here? I don't want to say it. So quite. this is, this, so I went to an all white elementary school. I was the only white person there. They played this at my graduation. The only white person? I, I was the, yeah, the only, only black person there. They played this at my graduation. This is... Yeah. This is stone cold cracker music. This is fucking the, the whitest shit that you've ever heard. There is like maybe 10% of the usual amount of like just raw funk that comes out of like whenever a, a, a any kind of black music hits the charts. This is, if you told me that this was made by like fucking five white guys out of Kansas, I would believe you. Yeah, this, um... Uh, Todd in the Shadows described this era as the uh, the awkward period between the Afro and the Cherry Curl, and it is like the only time in history where black music, or at least like the black music that was getting a ton of popularity, wasn't cool. Like it is the only time in history where you know white people were like getting ahead a little bit yeah. on coolness. It's cuz it's cuz we didn't have computers yet. They they, they fucking yeah. they they didn't let us get computers in the hood. And so they we were like, "All right, I guess we'll just fucking make shittier disco music." The funniest shit in the world is if you see the music videos uh for these guys from around the time, they're wearing like the lamest clothes in the world. Like they they're wearing, like, rainbow V-necks. Or, like, you know, not even rainbow. They're just wearing, like, V-necks. 
And they're not even dancing. They're just kind of standing around and jumping there. They're like doing white girl dancing. They're, they're it's doing, the most. Yeah, they're doing the type of dancing that you that you do at the office when you get a really good end of the year report. Like, yeah, it's, this is this is office party music. It's so lame, dude. Uh, and that being said, that being said, I like this song. It's a lot of fun. It's cheesy. I don't mind it. I didn't mind it. I I, I wouldn't. I I'm gonna probably say like thumbs in the middle, leaning down for this one, but I don't hate it. You know, I don't. It's like it's it's super short. You know, it's only like fucking. It's barely two minutes, and and it's still too long. It's still too long. It's is still the thing. too long. Like, it's, exactly. It's got like the Earth, Wind, and Fire thing where it like starts out with like the best like a great funk riff. It's like, oh man, they're cooking, and then they just kind of don't do anything else. They're just like, all right, we're just going to kind of hang out. Yeah. But, you know, celebrate good times. Come on. It's a fun song. It's, it's not bad at all. I, I, I like this song. I like it. It's not, I'm, I'm not a certified classic. Thumbs down. Okay, we've got our first thumbs mixed on uh, <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> Unrelated to the mixed thumbs we gave uh, Hollow Notes. But... No, uh, cool in the gang, lame as hell. But compared to the other shit on this list, compared to the other shit on this list, did they ever have y'all? Any all other right. Hits? Uh, let me see what else. I'm sure they did. I I can't. Oh, get down on it and oh. ladies' night. Those like are get, much better songs. I like get down on it. Uh, but this does have the issue where half of their most listened to songs on Spotify are just different versions of their hit single. <laughs> Yeah, no, they have a bunch of other hits, but get down oh, no, on wait, it. That's they did a great Jungle song. Boogie. They did Jungle Boogie. Okay. Oh fuck! How the fuck did they go from Jungle Boogie, which is one of the coolest songs ever written, to this shit? What the fuck? And I, you know, I have assumed them to be one of those like very put together kind of black groups where they're wearing like suit and ties and all of their their videos. But no, these are like these guys look authentic in their Spotify photos. What the fuck happened with this one, man? I guess I guess this is yeah. probably a throwaway track that they never expected to get big or some shit. Okay, this is side note. Uh, I just linked Cole, uh, "Lady, You Bring Me Up" by the Commodores. Please look, just tab to like two minutes into this video or something, and see how lame these people look. <laughs> it's the, it's unreal, dude. <laughs> oh my god! What, is, what the fuck was that? The, the god dude 1982 what the fuck was up with this year man nobody knew how to <laughs> they all look like they look like a high school golf team it's crazy and they look like they're gonna give me a bad loan <laughs> yeah they look like they're about to play bocce ball it's beyond fun the girls in this video have longer shorts than these guys <laughs> They were, they were oh, okay. up. This, yeah, no. That's so cool because they got, like, the thought booty shorts, but then they're wearing, like, striped, like, they're wearing private school kids up top. And, and then they it's also so, just have that, that, like, thick, almost, like, borderline curling body hair that you get only in the 70s. Okay, so tab to 330 or 331 in the video and watch their dance moves. It's It's unbelievable. 
Oh, hold on. Let me, let me pull it back up. I down. Please, if you're listening, pull up Lady, You Bring Me Up by the Commodores on YouTube. It's 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 a delight. It's the It's one of the single dorkiest things I have ever seen. Oh god. God fucking damn. What the fuck was this hair? This is like the kind of hair that I have if I don't shower for two days. And then yeah, just like, no. yeah, it looks good, man. <laughs> Looks fucking good, man. And then all the comments are just other kinds of white women being like, "Damn, dude, I was 16 when this song came out, and I got my my pussy blown the fuck out <laughs> by a guy that looked like one of these guys, but white. Yeah, exact same haircut, exact same mustache, just white. And only only uh, kind uh, of white. He was basically he was yeah. almost he was pushing brown." Yes, like one of the Slovenian guys that just looked black at the time. Um, okay. What the uh, fuck are these shirts? <laughs> they're Look at these, like, so Blue's <laughs> Clues ass shit. They're like children's show hosts, man. They're, they're, like, yeah, they're, the, they're about to sing about counting. They're like, the fake referee that they bring in looks more like, like you could go out in public with this outfit than they do. <laughs> This is shit like your dad wears for his 50th birthday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, shit, no. This is shit that you wear, like, yeah, in the in the house when you're, like, you're painting and you don't want to get anything on your good, shitty clothes, you know? Yeah. No wonder Prince, like, saw this shit and was like, all right, I'm going to dress like a nymph in order to, like, yeah. re- reset course. We have, we have strain from the path here. <laughs> They need to, okay. they, we desperately need to give black people access to computers again. <laughs> so, number five. Number five is Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. So, I am very biased towards this song because one of my favorite scenes in movie history is in Boogie Nights when they are trying to sell Coke, but it's fake Coke, oh, to a drug addict. And this... Sister Christian and 99 Luff Balloons play over it. And the scene where they have Jesse's girl on is one of the best scenes in movie history. So it cannot be objective about the song at all. I like it. It's, it's, it's white people like catchy, but it's, it's a good kind of white people catchy where it's like, yeah, it's corny. It's goofy, but you kind of have fun with it. It's got a great, great fucking guitar riff. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. It's got a cool guitar solo in it. Uh, I love just how impotent the, the lyrics cover. are. Yeah. I just like how impotent the lyrics are, too. Like, it, nor, it, it's just completely whiny desperation. Like, I like how he begins it by saying, yeah, Jesse's a good dude, but his girlfriend is so fucking hot, man. It's such a... Yeah, like, don't it, get me it's wrong. Like, it's like Weezer, but good. You know, it's like that kind of, like, yeah. like, level of complaining, but there's actual instrumentation there, and it's not just a bunch of guys trying to do, like, jam band shit. He's not even... He doesn't even, like, fantasize about getting with her in the song. He's just, like, wonders why he can't get pussy. Yeah. And he says, like, one of the reasons he can't get... Like, one of the reasons he should be getting pussy is because he's funny, and he's good with the lines. <laughs> no, I... This is an alright song, and, like... I get tired of it by the time it's over, but uh, that first time that chorus comes on, it is like a big, like, nice 80s are here moment. Yeah, this is a this is a kind of 80s rock that was 
very popular, but like it, it never really gets associated with the '80s because it didn't have like plinky synths or like other weird instrumentation that was common back then. Like I didn't realize this song came out in the '80s when it when I first heard it. I was like, oh, this is like a '90s kind of like right before Nirvana came out kind of thing. But nope, 1981. Yeah. Okay, so I'm giving this one a thumbs up. I'm giving Jesse Skrull a thumbs up. I'm giving this one a thumbs up. And that is the last thumbs up you are going to get on this list. Because the rest of this is shit. It's true shit. I'm sorry. And it will just be determining, um, what is it, how shitty it is. But uh, the top four on this list is just unreal bad. It is every single type of bad at once. So, number four, Just Like Starting Over by John Lennon. All right, free Mark David Chapman. That's all I'm going to say to start out with. Like, this is... I don't don't normally mind this kind of, like, sappy song that gets big because the artist died, but, like, it's so fucking slow, man. Yeah, I don't usually mind this level of, like, kind of bouncy, fake 60s, kind of bluesy, kind of ballady. Um, or this is more fake 50s, I guess. Like, that type of music. But if you're going to make this song, you need, like, Phil Spector-type arrangements over it. And yeah. it needs to be, like, a little bit faster. And this is slow and boring. It's The meanest thing I can say about it is that it sounds like a really bad Paul McCartney song. Yeah, it sounds like it was designed to be put over, like, a still black and white image of his face and then, like, R.I.P. John Lennon, you know, fucking <laughs> 19 who gives a shit to 1980. Yeah, this is, no. This is it's... MTV R.I.P. segment fucking banger. And by banger, yeah, I mean no. complete ass. It's so funny. I love A Rainy Night, which we were, like, 5.5 out of 10 on is the better version of just, like, starting over. It's, like, the, the, the just objectively improved version. It's so Oh, funny. dude, if John Lennon tried to do Elvis, it would be awesome. Yeah, no, and the thing is, is, like, I'm not even a anti-Beatles or even anti-John Lennon, like, guy in terms of, like, their music, but this is wretched. This is, like, one of the really, really bad songs in the late Beatles career. Yeah. When, I, I, there's you know, there's like, good songs that I've heard on this album, even, like... Yeah. Yes, I'm your angel is pretty good. Fucking. It's very late period John Lennon where it's like, it, it feels like you're watching a CNN, you know, think piece segment or whatever, but it's fine. You know, it's, 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 it's got some good instrumentation, but this, oh my God, dude, you can, of all the songs to pick to get back on the charts because this nigga just died, like. Yeah. This was the one that you picked? Imagine would have been better than this. Yeah, dude. It's rough. It's fucking rough, man. Like, I think you could... If you went up to Mark David Chapman and said, like... Went back in time and said, If you kill him, this is going to be a number one hit. Yeah, he would have put the gun he, down. He wouldn't do it. He would have put the he gun down do like the soldier in the MJ video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Thumbs down. Huge thumbs down. Thumbs down. Sorry, John. Fucking yeah. We don't we don't want to hear this nigga music. But the the <laughs> next one is even worse somehow. Oh my yeah, god. It's, 
I, yeah, I think it or number two is the worst song on the list. I, I go back and forth, but yeah, "Lady" by Kenny Rogers. Um, so <laughs> what? What can you even say about this one, man? Like this shit comes on. This shit comes on when you're like you're staying home from school and there's a commercial for like you know top ten Shirley Temple on VHS box set and like they're playing this kind of <laughs> instrumentation over it. Just this, yeah, this is even like the fucking cover looks like hot ass where he's standing behind this like blue velvety kind of background. And he looks like he looks like a character from Star Wars that's just died and turned into a forest ghost. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> he looks like if George Lucas was into White Woman. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I love the cover too because they have like a picture of a lady on the, on it too. Like in a circle, they have a picture of a lady. <laughs> It's so good. This I should, is. I should say I like the Gambler. It's a it's a goofy song, but it's catchy. This is a hot ass, dude. This is so bad. Oh, you want to know why this is so fucking bad? Because Lionel Richie wrote it. Uh, Lionel, which is weird, because he he did have a couple songs in the eighties that I like, not from this year. Yeah. But, uh, Lionel Richie in this period was like basically a white dude. He was like. There was something, something happened to him. He got some kind of sickness. Like, <laughs> how the it's, fuck did you write this shit, dog? How did you, okay, how did you write this as in, how did this not just come to Kenny Rogers spontaneously? Yeah. Like, this is the first thing you would ever write if you, you were needed a, a black guy to write this for you. <laughs> like, you needed, like, the, 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 the five, 5%, like, like, lyrical boost that stealing, stealing music from black people gives you but for well, this like the, what is the Kenny Rogers solo version of this song look like well all the white country guys were fucking addicted to speed so where they were writing good shit like 9 to 5 or fucking Waylon Jennings songs that's true but this this is like god man this this it's shit like this that like makes me sympathetic to when people say they hate country music because even during like Nashville's heyday even before, like, they started adding, like, trap drums or whatever, or started writing songs about how, like, Iraq has it coming. This shit is so saccharine and boring and sickeningly Awful. dull. It yeah. Just, just, it's just hazy. Feels like you're going to fucking drop dead. Like, your your heart rate starts to slow down. It's like it's like musical ambient. Yeah, no, it... It's uh, it's terrible. I it's one of those songs where I like I think it's over and then I look and it's halfway done. I'm like no, <laughs> oh, this is a God. four I, minute song. Yeah, it's it feels like it feels longer than Station to Station, dude. It it's it. It feels longer than the the nineteen minute song that you put on your list that took me like a day to finish. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty. It's pretty rough. It's it. Yeah, I I don't know what else to say other than just variations on it. it sucks. I hate this. Uh, so yeah, enthusiastic like thumbs down, thumbs down, all the way down. And next, the next one might be even worse. Next up, uh, Lionel Richie. We gonna kill you, dog. We gonna we gonna take your Diana life. Ross and Lionel Richie and Endless Love. Um, this is wider than the Captain and Tennille song we did last time. This. 
It's so funny that there was an endless love movie that was like a hit. Like, the most pedophile ass fucking movie. And then on top of that, they got like these saccharine love ballads that fucking are slower than driving behind an old person. Like, yeah, no. What the fuck, dog? Yeah, How are people it's, listening it's, to this shit and we're like, you know what? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta request this on on. This is the this is the video. second biggest song of the year, the second biggest song of the year. It is twenty one places higher than the winner takes it all by ABBA. It is. I mean, it's higher than nine <laughs> to five. It's higher than it's fucking, higher than Hey Nineteen. It's, it's higher, higher than, than Master Blaster. Song. Oh my! It's higher than Hold On Tight by ELO. It's 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 higher than Whip It. It's what was the appetite for ballads like this? Because even now, when we get really shitty slow music, usually there's like you know an ambiance to it, like a vibe that that shows up on the radio. Like there's a lot of terrible fucking you know trap soul songs that get put on the radio. And uh, at least those usually are like, okay, I get why a teenager who's raiding his mom's medicine cabinet would like this. Who likes this? Who wanted this? This, this is, is like, this feels like a... What the fuck were like grandmas up slow. to in 1981, dude? What the fuck was this shit? This has this to isn't be even, like, this is, grandma music, like, right? Like, this has this isn't to even be. like lovemaking making. It's not even love-making music because it's too slow to make love to. Oh, if you made love to this song, like the the you you went soft, like. Yeah, no. This instantly. is like this is like a cue to make you get ED. Like it, it's it's. <laughs> I cannot believe. Okay, I get Lionel Richie doing this. Lionel Richie made some of the lamest music in history during the 1980s, possibly the single lamest man from the 1980s, but. Diana Ross? Her? What, what the fuck? What uh, the f- especially, yeah. especially because she put out her one of her best albums, much less songs, last year. And then she's like, alright, Lionel Richie, fucking the... We gotta score the movie where, like, a 19-year-old is really trying to fuck a 14-year-old. And then the 19-year-old is, like, <laughs> male BPD. What the fuck was Endless Love? That was such a strange movie. And then they remade it in, like, the 2010s. Oh, God, dude. It's, it's... I think it might even be worse than the Kenny Rogers song, straight up. Because, like, Diana Ross is on it. And that means you're grading it on a harsher curve. Yeah. Oh, God. It's yeah, thumbs down. Holy thumbs shit! All Terrible. The way, thumbs all the way down. Fucking in hell. So and then number next. one, number one. Um, so the song is Betty Davisized by Kim Carnes, but I don't believe that the song was sung by Marge Simpson. There is no other artist in the world who sung this. This was a song this by one, Marge Simpson. This one wasn't even like offensive. It was just confusing. Yeah, uh, I was like, I mean, what the, like, this was the number one song of 1981? Yeah, this, this does not bang at all. I want to say I had, 
when I worked at the pizza place, we had like a massive 80s playlist that had like 400 songs on it. Mm -hmm. And most of them were really good. Um, but whenever shit like this or the cutting crew came on, I would just skip it stealthily. But this, uh, I thought this was a Rod Stewart song for like several months before I realized it wasn't. Yeah, she has a Because very it sounds like voice. Rod Stewart. Yeah, no, it should, not even, yeah, it's not even a Marge Simpson song. It's a Patty and Selma song. And this was an anomaly. Like, I kind of want to do some reading if anyone has it on on this year because this was the number one song this year. Like, this yeah. really weird, like, kind of poppy ballad about like old movie stars. As a matter of fact, uh, Billboard has an all-time chart that they update, and it is the apparent, according to them, at least in 2018. It was the 17th biggest hit song in history. What the fuck? Yeah, I, I can't make heads or tails of this song. Like, if I can say nice thing, it's got kind of a cool synth line at the beginning. You know, maybe if I, if I like, zoned out, I could pretend it's Time After Time by Cindy Lauper. Like, it's, it doesn't offend me as much as some of the other stuff on this list, but... If this came out like, ten years later and had kind of a, like, it was kind of like a, like a uh, trip-hop kind of song, it would be way better. Because this woman does this, have a have a trip hop voice. This sounds like a uh, like a Christian rock song. Like that's yeah. the best way I can describe it. It sounds like it sounds like a Bette Midler song. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's not good. It's it's not as offensive or boring as the other songs on the list. But like, huh? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> was there like a really weird like cultural reappropriation of like golden age Hollywood shit in 1981? Yeah, uh, Betty Davis. I mean, I'm looking at a photo of her. She's got like, I don't know. She's got like 1930s oh, actress eyes. I'm. You know what? I'm reading a. Uh, I'm reading the background of the song. This is a cover. Oh, okay. This is a cover so of a song a, that was written in 1974. That's okay. It's starting to click together. Okay, but this apparently but the, the original song, song like, seems even weirder because it's like Wikipedia describes it as the track is performed in an R&B light arrangement featuring an, a prominent up-tempo piano as well as flourishes of steel guitar and drums. This is like an island fucking. Island boys ass fucking music. What like? <laughs> who was making a song was, about golden age yeah. Hollywood people and using like the girls gone wild instrumentation? <laughs> yeah, no. If someone please explain to us what the fuck is the deal with Betty Davis eyes? If we have any like fifty year old fans listening to us, please tell me what the deal is with this fucking song. Like what? This this really does not feel like it should be as big as it was. It, it, it just yeah. again inscrutable. This is like a, this is like like a like a if this was in like the bottom thirty of the of the chart, I would be like, all right, yeah, I see that. Or if it was on the top of like a like adult contemporary or like a like one of those like genre charts, I would be like, all right, I see it. But this was top like worldwide. Yeah. Huge song. Again, one of the biggest hits of all time. It's... Mm, don't know what to say. Thumbs question mark? <sighs> Thumbs down, I'm going to say. But yeah. definitely... 
down with like a question mark added to it. Yeah, I'm confused, dog. I, I think I think there is a chance I could like get obsessed with the song and come to like it. Um which is something that happened to one of the songs on my best list, which we'll get to. But yeah. No. I think this is a weird ass song and I just left it a loss for words. Okay. So thus concludes thus concludes the discussion of the Billboard Top 10. If you want to hear the rest of the episode and hear me and Cole talk about our personal top 10s of the year 1981, please subscribe to patreon.com slash TGOFE. That's patreon.com slash TGOFE. It's only five bucks and you get to hear the second half of this episode, the second half of the 1980 episode, and so much more funny stuff. So please, subscribe.